Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, this morning I want to speak to you about change. I believe that change is such an important subject. Let's go to the Bible, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. Luke Gospel, yeah, thank you so much. We'll come to that one a little bit later. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 57. And it says, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, that's Jesus, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another one, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now, we don't even know the father's dead. I'm pretty sure that Jesus is not interrupting the funeral. I'm fairly confident the man's really saying, you know what? Wait until my father's gone, then I'll be ready. And Jesus says to him, uh, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Another also said, Lord, I'll follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one putting his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, help us today. Every single one of us, myself included, everyone online, no matter where they are, regardless of our background, our family life or our situation, regardless of our health, regardless of our finance, regardless of where we are, how long we've been a Christian, how long we haven't. God, every one of us needs to hear something from you that will impact our life. Will you help us, Lord, to grow so that we can do and be everything you've called us to do? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Each one of these would-bes, because that's what they are, people who would follow, they would follow after Jesus, has got a different reason for not doing that. Every one of them is somebody that seems to have a reason why now's not the time. And yet what every single one of them has in common is they have the gravitational pull of the familiar. They want to follow Jesus but they're not prepared for change. Here's the changes that we like. Because people will say to me, oh, Jeff, I'm one of those people that loves change. I go, well, yeah, you're right. Other people say, I hate change. I go, yeah, you're right too. The reality is that some of us like change more than others, but here's the kind of changes we all like. Like if I rocked up right now and said, here's a million dollars, How many of you here would say, I'd like that change in my life? Only two people. Well, I was going to give it away, but obviously uh, the rest of you don't want it, but that's okay. The changes we like are the ones that we initiate, the ones that we start, or the ones that we control the pace of. In other words, you know, I can just take my time on this change. Ones that involve more of things we do like and less of the things that we don't. But none of us like this kind of change. The ones that we don't initiate. That is the ones that somebody else 
does and those changes are forced into our world. We don't like change where we don't control the pace of the change. You're not given time to adjust. It's just like, you know, get onto it. It's now or never. We don't like change that involves less of what we do like, things we've come to enjoy and more of something we don't like. Here's the fourth kind of change we don't like is things that we have never encountered before in our life. And Jesus gives those people and his disciples that are with him and all of us, he gives us a lesson in change. I know this, that you can't walk forward into your destiny if you are a captive of the past. If whatever it is, good or bad, I'm not speaking just to those here that maybe you've had a troubled upbringing or maybe there was some uh, breakdown in your family life and something ugly happened or you had a health crisis or your business went uh, bust or through a difficult time. I'm not speaking about any of those things. I'm talking about when you and I are captives of the past, even if it's a good thing, even if it's we've had a great life, the enemy of destiny is the past that we've come to love. The enemy of the future God has for you is the past that you remain attached to. I can't give that up. That's too difficult. For instance, here we have a Mustang car seat. I know it's a Mustang. That's why it looks so fast. Thank you, John Hill and Trudy, for lending us your Mustang convertible seat. All I need now is a fan to blow my hair. That's my imitation of a V8. And every car that I've ever seen, not only has the seat and the steering wheel, but it's got one of these. It's got a rear vision mirror. And you need one of those, don't you? Not just for when you're reversing, but you need to see when you're about to change lanes, whether there's somebody coming up there on the other lane beside you. We all need a rear vision mirror in our life. We all need to have, be able to have a look at our past, to be able to get some lessons about the things we've been through. However, when your rear vision mirror becomes your focus, thank you, gentlemen. Gentlemen? Yeah, all gentlemen. I'm going to give you three guesses as to what happens when your rear vision mirror becomes your windscreen. And I don't think any of us are going to need three guesses. You imagine if I'm driving my car today, I'm on my way home, stopping at Red Rooster for a healthy chicken and chips. Or I stop at Fresh Prov for one of their fresh salads. It's so healthy. Take your pick. And if I start driving home and I replace this mirror with this mirror, how many people know it's not going to be long before I'm going to have a crash? Why? Because your rear vision mirror is meant to inform your future. It's not meant to dominate it. Let me give you right here. This, on the day I was preparing this message a couple of weeks ago, I got sent 
this as a direct message from Leanne Lawrenson. Even though there are days where I wish I could change some things that happened in the past, there's a reason the rear view mirror is so small and the windshield is so big. Because where you're headed is much more important than what you've left behind. I hope you're getting this this morning. Don't let the rear vision mirror of your life, have one for sure, be able to check it out, be able to look back and go, did I make a mistake? Was there a misstep? Can I correct that for next time? But never let it become so big that you can't see where you're going anymore because of the past so dominating your future. I think you guys have done a sterling job, by the way. And uh, you're a geologist, aren't you? You're not a geologist. You're an accountant, a finance broker, whatever. And look at how trained you are for all this. All those years at university and all that study and you get to hold up a mirror in church. That's pretty cool. Thank you, gentlemen. You can take that one away. Give them a hand. You can't walk forward into your destiny if you've got if you're a captive of the past. Here's another thing that we need to tuck away for our future and for our understanding. And that's the change is inevitable, but growth is a choice. In other words, there are things in your life and mine where change is going to be inevitable. People are going to leave your life for a whole kind of a bunch of reasons. And you can either say, well, change has happened but I'm going to grow as a, a result of that change or else you can allow that change to become the big mirror in your life and you never get past it. I meet people all the time where some great event in their life. I said to a friend of mine just the other day who, who just got a clear diagnosis after six months of cancer treatment. And I said to him, you know what? Here's what you need to understand is that one day this will just be history for your life and it will be nothing more. Don't allow it to become the defining moment of all of your life. Don't allow it to become the thing that tells you what you can do or what you can be. I've spoken to so many people who, uh, as a result of an illness, now live in fear that that illness will come back. What are they doing? They're letting the rear vision mirror take the, become large and block out the picture of their future. I've spoken to people that have had uh, relationship breakdowns and then they say to me, I don't know if I can ever trust again. Whether they were a part of the reason for it or not is almost immaterial in one sense. By all means, look in the small rear vision mirror and see what the past looked like. But don't allow it to become so big that you never again believe that God's got a future for your life. Maybe your business or some other investment that you made turned out to be a, a turkey of a thing. I've watched people spend the rest of their life not trusting themselves and not trusting anyone else simply because they allowed their past to take them captive. There's a reason why the Bible speaks so often about your sins being forgiven. They're not always just the sins of great moral failures of some kind or other. 
They're the things that have brought us pain in our life. They're the things that have brought us undone. I don't know who you are today, but I know there are people here and though you've been washed in the blood of Jesus by accepting Christ, there needs to come for your life a cleansing of your mind where you begin to understand not only has He saved me, but He's cleansed me. Not only has He redeemed me and made me His child, but He's allowed me to walk free into a great future for my life. Don't allow your past. The Bible talks about God casting your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. In other words, you can't forget everything, but God perfectly can. He can treat. He called David a man after God's own heart. Though David had committed uh, immorality, committed adultery, and then had the husband killed when the woman was found to be pregnant. And yet God later calls that man a man after God's own heart. Listen today, I want you to get this because I want you to be able to walk free. I want you to be able to walk cleansed. I don't want you to be walking always going, yeah, but look back there. Look at that mistake. Look at that thing that I did. Look how I stumbled there. Look how my life has never progressed from that. Allow God today in the Spirit to cut that thing off. Allow God today by the Holy Spirit to sever that cord to the past so you can get up from there and say in Jesus' name, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And I'm new in Jesus' name. And my future is new in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Some of you today need to get that mirror that's been blocking your view of tomorrow and you need to smash it and you need to say that's an end of that. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I don't know what your mistake is, but I know this, that the Bible says that, that He will forgive us. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, He is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is nothing, no matter what your failure is. I talk to people whose lives literally are like a, uh, one of those horror movies. They're, they're, it's been so bad. And then I meet other people for whom their life has been great, but one mistake, one stumble, one thing that went wrong becomes the thing that begins to dominate their future. Change is inevitable in your life. Growth is a choice. I remind myself all the time in this church's life because there's so much has been happening in the last couple of years that none of us ordered, none of us asked for. None of us, I keep saying to our leaders, you didn't ask for it. Change is inevitable. But whether I grow in this season or not, that's my choice. Amen. And I don't know about the rest of you here. I've kept on saying to you again and again, if you go back over the last 18 months and listen to all the messages that I and others have preached, you'll hear again and again and again messages of hope. You'll hear messages of God's goodness and God's grace. And that's deliberate because in this season of change that we never ordered. People need to say, you know what? I didn't order it, but I'm going to grow. I'm making a choice that my life's going to advance. I was in Adelaide last week with that great Edge Church. It's a wonderful church, great people. And I got to hear and meet and hear from one of the leading people in the health department of that state who said, here's the biggest thing for the church right now, is how do we help people 
with things like uh, their mental strength and resilience. You know what? I just say, just come to church. We don't sing songs here about you're a loser. We've never sung a song like that. Oh, you are so pathetic. Don't know why God would bother. We don't even know songs like that. We sing songs like all my life, you have been faithful. You come even, even our vision statements here, our, what, what people call announcements, we don't call it that here. We call our vision moments. Even those things. You come to a women's breakfast this Saturday morning and for 25 bucks and personally, I want to sponsor some people to that. I heard that, I thought my wife's going to be there, she's going to be speaking at it, but I thought I'd like to make sure somebody can go who might think 25 bucks is just out of their reach. I don't know. Maybe you're not used to going and, you know, my coffee this week went up to five bucks. Went up 11%. I sat down and figured out how much I spend on coffee a year and I'm embarrassed to tell you. Let's just say it's more than my first car. So if, if you're a, a lady here and you weren't going to go because you thought 25 bucks, well, I'm sponsoring too. And uh, so you can go up there and all you got to do is go to the Connect Hub and just say, Pastor Jeff wants to sponsor me. And the first two of those will get that done. And I'm pretty sure there'll be some other people that'll want to be a part of sponsoring. Anybody else want to help sponsor a couple of ladies too? Well, oh, look, one, two, three, four, five, five. Yeah, I knew there would be six, seven, eight. Yeah. Uh, oh, up in the balcony. Well done. It looks like Linda Battersby. Well done. So God, that's about 20 people now can go that otherwise mightn't have been able to go. But of course, you just got to turn up. Don't be proud. Don't go, I don't want anyone to know. Just go and have a nice breakfast on me and eat all that I wouldn't eat. Change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. Growth's going to be our choice. And so when I heard that guy in Adelaide talk about that, I thought the church doesn't know how good it is. The church is not aware that what we do every single Sunday in gathering together in the presence of God, in singing the kind of songs, you are doing something great for your mental health. And I want you to take that message of hope. You don't have to go and stand at the door of the workplace and hand out a tract, hand out, some, hand out free Bibles, though that maybe wouldn't hurt. But what you need, I spoke to a man at a wedding yesterday who said to me about some guests that were there. He said, I didn't know they were church people. And I thought, I wonder what you think church people are. Because I look around and you're such a mixed up bunch. There's people here that are university professors and there's people here that never finished high school. There's people here that have got wealth and people here that are, uh, haven't got any. There's people here that are single and people that are married and people that used to be married and all kinds of people. All these nationalities. And we forget sometimes how what God has done in our life. Listen to me. The Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of God's truth on the earth. Amen. It's the bride of Christ. Never, ever criticise the church. I mean the church generally. You cannot agree with everything. But hold on and say, God, I'm a part of something amazing. It's not perfect, not yet. You are going to come back for a perfected one. But I want you to have a genuine joy and a love for the house of God that says to your life, you know what? I come here and something great happens. I begin to grow. 
Change is going to happen all around about. But I just choose to grow. I don't choose to be the cynic on the sidelines, the sceptic up in the stands. I choose to be the believer down there on the ground. Amen. Becoming part of the answer for people's lives. Can you say amen to that? So don't get captivated by the familiar. Don't allow, come on. I'm hoping you're getting this. I'm not trying to preach you a clever sermon. I really want you to lay into this and say, God, where do I need to change gears in this? Where do I need to get rid of that mirror that's dominating my life? Let me tell you five things that God promises about a believer's future. If you're at metrochurch.online, the notes are there for you, as are these scriptures. You've already got them. Change is inevitable. Growth's a choice. Here's five things about the believer's future. Number one, the believer's future is better. I want to read you a verse that lots of you have heard, but you've only ever heard it in the context of pain. You've only ever heard it in the context of something going wrong. But I want you to hear what it actually says. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this. It says, And we know that all things work together for good. That means I'm here right now in the things space. I, we know that all things. Here's Jeff on November the 14th, 2021. And there's all these things and there's things I want to change and there's things that ought to change and there's things that oughtn't to be so and there's things that I don't know how to fix and there's things that I'm unsure of. I'm in the things space and this verse says that on the other side of the things space is this one. It's called good. We know that all things work together for good. What's up ahead of your life? Better. That's what's up ahead of your life. That's what's up ahead of your life. Here's the second thing. That is part of the future of the believer. We know that the believer's future is good. It's just plain good. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. What's up ahead of your life? Now, I know some people here are going to go, Jeff, be realistic. I'll go, oh, listen, you don't get to be this age. Let's just say I'm over 21. You don't get to be this age without having walked through a few valleys in your life. But you know, I've never encountered an eternal valley yet. I've never encountered a valley that stayed. All I've ever encountered is some valleys were a bit longer than others. But on the other side of every, listen to me, on the other side of every valley, there's another mountain and they just seem to get higher and higher and I begin to climb further and further. And I start walking with God. I start seeing God lift my life from where it was. I thank God. I thank God for that day for me 46 years ago. We're in a little Salvation Army hall because that's what it was. They've since turned it into apartments, my daughter told me the other day. But in that little Salvation Army hall, there was a, a young guy who went the end where they did this every Sunday night and I don't know that they ever had hope anyone would respond. But they said, if you want to come to Jesus, come to the front. And they sang a song probably just as I am, I think. And I remember sitting there, my heart pounding and pounding, going, will I go or won't I? And at the very last time they sang it, somehow or other, my trembling knees gave me the courage and I got up 
and I went to the front and my life has never ever been the same and there's been valleys for sure come on I'm preaching this morning because some of you are in valleys valleys that you think has become your permanent home you think that's your residence you need to smash a mirror or two today if smash that mirror you won't get seven years bad luck you're going to be able to see clearly that God's got a future for you and it's a good one in Jesus name he's got plans for your life and he never says I've got plans as long as you're under 30 or I've got plans as long as you're under 40 or I've got plans but once you hit the pension age you're on your own Amen I'm still believing for the greatest days of my life I really am, genuinely I don't know that I've ever been as excited in God I feel His presence around my life daily I feel His whispers to my heart on a a daily basis. I feel like God is so uh, in this place. I can't speak for every church, but I feel like in this church, there is such a growing awesomeness of God. And I'm excited about what God is doing. The believer's future is good. Here's the third thing about a believer's future is that it's blessed. It's not just kind of lucky dip. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night. Why? So that you may observe to do all that's contained in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Someone said to me once, do you believe in the prosperity gospel? I said, well, I'm not sure what you mean by that. I just know I don't believe in the poverty one. I said, I've tried it. It wasn't good. I can't think of anything about it. I remember having to park my car because I couldn't afford the license fee. There was nothing good about it. I never got picked up by a, an angel who drove me in a chariot to church. I had to go and ask somebody, will you please give me a lift? I can't think of anything good about that one. My Bible tells me that my future is a blessed one in Jesus' name. Are you getting this this morning? I hope you are. I hope you're not just sitting there going, oh, yeah, but. Oh, yeah, but. Yeah, but, yeah, but I remember. Yeah, yeah, I tried hoping. Look what good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't you, don't you know people, have you ever met people like this? I have. I've met people who are so looking in the rear vision mirror, you know, it's misting over from their breath. Amen. I'm not trying to just give you a couple of... I want you to walk out of here today with some determination in your heart saying, you know what, I'm going to walk into that in Jesus' name. I'm going to walk into that kind of future. I don't care what they tell you in your workplace or what they're saying about your industry. You believe today in Jesus' name. God, you said wherever I put the sole of my foot, that's ground you've given me. Everything I put my hand to, I've been declaring it over this church for 30-something years. Everything I put my hand to prospers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here's number four. Fourth thing that's in the believer's future is you're stronger. Isaiah 40 verse 31, those who wait on the Lord. The word wait there, Hebrew word korvah. It means to entwine your life around about by twisting. It's not waiting for God, it's waiting on God. Those who wait on the Lord, not those who wait for the Lord. Lots of people are waiting for the Lord. 
those who bind their life around about the Lord by twisting. In other words, they get so tight with God that you can't tell where God ends and they start. You can't tell where they start and God ends because that's the Christian life. It's not God intervening with a lightning bolt. It's you walking with God. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew. The word renew, they're kolath. How do I know all this? Because I've memorized it over years and years of studying this verse. They'll renew. It literally means to exchange. It means I give God what I've got and he gives me what he's got. How many people think that's a good deal? Amen. I give God what I've got. I give God. I, I tell him all the time, Lord, I don't know enough. So I'll give you my knowledge and I'm going to receive yours in its place. Isaiah talks about the seven spirits of God. Spirit of the Lord, spirit of power and might, spirit of counsel and wisdom, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. There's a spirit of knowledge that can come around your life. You can know things from God. Since those people will exchange their ability, they'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and they won't get weary. They'll walk and they won't faint. You'll get stronger. Here's the last one, number five. Fifth thing that's in the believer's future, in the time of change is this. Not only uh, is your future better and it's good and it's blessed and you're stronger, here's perhaps the best one of the whole lot. You are better. Better is best. I love hearing the stories of people and they've, some of them are here today and they've said to me, Pastor, since I've been in this church, I've become a better husband. I've become a better father. I've become a better employee. I've become a better business owner. I love that. Because what they're saying is not only am I getting all the blessing, but I'm growing and becoming a better person. Something about my life is in the inside is seeing increase. Ephesians 5 verse 27 tells us where we're headed. He might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. People ask me, is this the end times? I go, well, it will be one day. And I say, don't look at the world. Don't ask them for the signs of Jesus coming. Look at that verse. And go, are we there yet? Do you look around the church and go, there's no spots, there's no wrinkles or any such thing? I go, probably not. But you know what? That, the Holy Spirit is doing. How many people here can say, I've grown, I've gotten better. I'm a nicer person since I gave my life to Christ. That's got to be everybody. Come on, right? Uh, how many people here are going, no, actually, I'm just a real, I'm a piece of work. I see your hand down there, brother. But I know you were just doing that to try and provoke me. And that's something God will help you with if you'll just let him grow. Let's all pause and pray for Trevor. I believe in this. I believe that being a follower of Jesus ought to make you, come on, ought to make you a better neighbour. Amen. Ought to make you a better person to be around. Amen. I don't mean you're happy, happy all the time. I ask my staff, I'm, I think I'm happy all the time. Not one pathetic amen. There's a couple of eye rolls down here. I saw those, but. Come on, become a follower of, of Jesus. This is a simple message today, but it's so important because so many of us, we're stuck in that space where all we are seeing, all we are seeing is yesterday. And God's got this amazing future for us. And he says, come on, will you walk into that? 
Will you let the changes that are happening produce growth in your life for his glory and for the impact of people's lives? Amen. Heavenly Father, help us today. Thank you for all that you are doing and all that you will do. We thank you, Lord, that you have touched our life and you've held us. You've kept us. So many of us here, Lord, can look back and we see all the moments we could have stumbled, but you held us. Lord, where our, our feet gave way, but Lord, you reached out and held us up. We're so grateful for your goodness, your kindness to us. Your goodness has been running after us. We're grateful for that, Lord. Father, I pray for every single one of us in this season where so much change has happened and probably still will. God, help us to get rid of that mirror that's blocking our view of the future. Lord, let's walk in everything you have for us as individuals and as a church. As the body of Christ worldwide, Lord, I pray that we will have our focus on your will and your plan and your purpose in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. You look this way a minute. I said a little bit earlier on, talking about people that say, I don't know Christ. I don't know Jesus. I want to receive Christ into my life. I want to begin the journey. Maybe you used to walk with God. Something got in the way. Maybe that mirror just got in the road and you don't see where you're going anymore. And God today wants to come and take that out of the way and say, come on, this is what I have for you. Some of you that are online with us, yes, text is available. I love this. I was chatting with the head of Alpha this week. And when I was telling him about yes, text, and he said, that is incredible. He, he said, is that available for other people? I go, we've given away as a church in America running with it. I know churches in Australia that have taken it and adapted it for their own purpose. It just means that you get to give your yes to Jesus. 0488-826-392 if you're in Australia. Or if you want to get it via email or you're outside of Australia, it's yes.metrochurch.org.org.au. You just send in your yes. But maybe you're here and you're in the building today and you say, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. Can we bow our heads and pray just a minute? I feel like there are people here and I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to help you. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to recommit my life to Christ. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you are? I'm going to pray with you. Thank you. Who else? Just wherever you are. You say, that's me. Today's my day. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm looking up in the balcony, of course, as well. And downstairs, is there anyone else just wherever you are? You say, that's me. Solomon, back there, you'll help me if I can't see every hand. You'll just help me with that. In Jesus' name. For those people that want to say yes, is there anyone else for our prayer? I know there'll be people online or there'll be people giving the yes text, but I just felt like there were some of you here today and you want to do it right now. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for these ones right here, right now, that are saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. Would you say this to him after me, Lord Jesus? Come into my life right now. I need you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. If you're online and you prayed that prayer, send us your yes text and go to yes.metrochurch. We'd love to hear from you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Can we give those people just a big hand and just say congratulations? We're going to sing together this song again. I just think it's one of the greatest songs. I love the words of it. love the spirit of it. All my life you have been faithful. Come on, some of you today, I still feel this. I, I, I'm not going to lengthen the meeting anymore, but some of you still need to go, you know what? i got to get rid of that. i got to let that thing go. Come on. You go, yeah, but Jeff, you don't understand. It was my fault. Well, I guess every sin in some ways is our fault, isn't it? Come on, let's stand together. Let's sing together this song and say, Lord, I'm going to walk into what you have for me in Jesus' name. All my life, Lord. You have been faithful. And all my life, you have. 